When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. We made it. (laughs) We made it. And uh, I'm very, very thankful to all of you. We're all thankful that we stayed strong. We stayed throughout this pandemic and without the loss of one. We took extra, caution, extra precautions. We made sure that we were safe and that everyone that we loved and was in danger was safe. So we're all here together again, and uh, we're going to fill this building up eventually, but right now we're kind of scattered around. But I'll tell you what, uh, it's a lot larger crowd than I've been speaking to for the last year <laughs> <laughs> that I could see. Anyway... Now, we're glad you're here. We're, we're happy that we're together again. And there are some that are still not with us because they don't feel comfortable yet being in a crowd. But eventually that will be overcome. And that feeling will be overcome. We'll all be together again. And the singing is going to be a little bit muffled, I guess. I took my mask off so I could sing. My wife kept hers on. Uh, but uh, if you feel comfortable... Singing with or without, that's, that's your business. That's what you can do, what you feel you can do. We wear the mask to protect each other, basically. Not to protect ourselves, but to protect each other. Anyway, here we are. Here we are. And the text that's before us involves a woman of Samaria. And uh, she, she was uh, speaking to Jesus he was speaking to her, and he made a comment that had two parts in it. He said, first of all, if you had known the gift of God, that's the first thing he said. You didn't know the gift of God. Secondly, if you had known who you were talking to, I would have given you living water. Two things. Now, the first thing that that, uh, he speaks about is, is the gift of God. And basically, as we read the Bible and as we think in terms of the universe and of our life and where we are, the gift of God basically is life. So he said, you you don't know the gift of God. If you had known the gift of God, you could have had some living water. You don't know the gift of God. Now, there's a text in Isaiah chapter 42, and I'm going to be talking just a little bit about uh, the fact that we can know God, and she should have known God, and she should have known things about God, but she didn't. So here in Isaiah chapter 42 at verse 5, the text says, Thus saith the Lord God the Lord, He that created the heavens and stretched them out, He that spread forth the earth and that which comes out of it, He that gives breath unto the people upon it, and spirit to them that walk therein. He that gives breath unto the people and the spirit. Now, Paul said it another way. He said, it is in whom, talking about God, in whom we live and breathe and have our being. So, you know, you, he was telling her she should have known 
the gift. That life came from God. And basically, we should be able to know God in that same concept, in that same context. Even without the scriptures, we should be able to know God. We should know know something about Him. Now, it's obvious that mankind has gone on a, a tremendous search for knowledge. We have ever since we've been here. We've been looking, probing, seeking, investigating, discovering, looking for everything but God. If we did, if we did look for Him, the Bible says, and we're going to look look at that in just a minute, if we did look for Him, we could find Him. We could discover Him. You know, that's what Paul said in a couple of times. He was talking to some philosophers over in Athens. In Acts chapter 17, the record is there for us. He was talking to some philosophers. And he, he, he told them that, uh, that God was, was here. He said, He made the world and all things therein, seeing He is Lord of heaven. Now, he's talking to people that had no knowledge of the Bible, of the Scriptures. But he's talking to philosophers, Greek philosophers. He said, God doesn't dwell in temples made with hands, neither is He worshipped with men's hands, as though He needs anything, seeing He gives to all life, breath, and all things, and has made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth and has determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation that they should seek after the Lord if happily they might feel after Him though He be not far from any one of us. Look at that. You can find God. They could find God. They could discover, the world could discover God. We're looking for everything. We look up into the stars, we go into the heavens, and we're looking around, we're trying to find different things. We can discover dust around planets, we can discover moon-circling planets, we can discover the dark spaces, we can discover all sorts of things in the astronomy. We can discover all of these things. We're looking, we're probing, we're trying to find out. You know, if we look for God, we could find Him too. If we just look for Him. We're looking at everything. We're, we're trying to find out all we can, trying to get all the information we can. And that's what Jesus is saying to this woman. If you'd known the gift of God, think about life, basically. Life, life can only be granted by the one in whom we live and move and have our being. That's God. But man looks around and, and wonders, well, is there a God? Well, if you're alive, there's a God. Because we live and move and and have our being in Him. In Acts chapter 14, verse 16, the same Apostle Paul was affirming to the people at Lystra. He said that living God in times past suffered all nations to walk in their own ways. Nevertheless, He left not Himself without witness in that He did good and gave us rain from heaven and fruitful seasons filling our hearts with food and gladness. He didn't leave Himself without witness. We can find Him. If we want to look for Him, we can find Him. In Psalms chapter 19, verse 1, how do you find Him? Psalms 19, 1 says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows His handiwork. Well, just look at the design 
of the human body, and you can find God. You know that there is a creator. But aside from all of that, let's just think about that. He said, look around you. Do you believe there is a God? We're not asking you if you believe in God. We're asking you if you believe, is there a God? Does God exist? And, of course, he says, day unto day, utter speech, and night unto night shows knowledge. He's talking about the heavens and the firmament. He said, there's no speech or language where their voice is not heard. Everyone can see. Everyone can know. You can find out whether or not there is a God. Their line has gone out throughout all the earth and their words to the end of the world. In them has He set a tabernacle for the sun. Okay. That's, that's one, one facet. Well, okay, he, he told the woman, you, you, uh, you don't know the gift of God. So what he was saying was, you're not really aware of the gift God has given you, which is life. That's what he's given you. He's given us all life. If you say, oh, I wonder if there is a God, then you're questioning your own existence. Is there a you? If there's a you, there is a God. That's the whole issue. Now, in their quest, in the world's quest to stagger after the knowledge of God, we failed miserably. And she had failed. He said, you didn't get it. You didn't get it. If you had gotten it, you could have some living water, but you didn't get it. Nor have we gotten it without that. So God had addressed this deficiency. So we, we, we know that human beings staggering around looking for God are going to be preoccupied with something else. We're going to, our attention is going to be directed to something else. Maybe something more fruitful. Maybe we'll discover water on Mars, you know. So we'll, we'll expend all our efforts to find that. Maybe we can look down the bottom of the ocean, oceanography, look at the bottom of the ocean, find something down there we haven't seen before. But what about finding God? That's the, that's the issue that is before us. And God, God has, seen, has seen us staggering around in the darkness looking for Him. And so He said, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going I'm to tell you where to look. I'm going to tell you about myself. And so He dictated the Scriptures, the Old Testament, the book of Genesis, the book of Malachi, the Scriptures. And He said, read this, you can find out about me. I'll give you the Scriptures. The Scriptures are the prophets. And so Jesus said, in John chapter 5, verse 39, He said, search the Scriptures. In them you think you have life, but they testify of me. Search the Scriptures. When you search the Scriptures, you're going to be able to find God, basically. And that's why the Old Testament Scriptures were given, so that man could be directed to God. He said, you can't find me stumbling around. You're going to quit looking. You're going to get, you're going to get distracted some other way. You won't see me. But I'll show you. Here's the Scriptures. The Scriptures of the prophets. So he wrote them down. And Paul called them in Galatians chapter 3, at verse 24. He called the Scriptures a schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ. Like a teacher that brings us unto Christ. Let's just find out about Jesus. Basically, is what he's saying. And he told Timothy, Paul told Timothy, and I'm talking to people that have read their scriptures. I know you've read your scriptures. 
And when Paul told Timothy in, in 2 Timothy chapter 3 at verse 15, he said, That from a child you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. So he said, you've known the Scriptures and they'll make you wise. You can find out. You can understand. And he said, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. is profitable for doctrine, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So the Scriptures lead us to God. The woman at the well had the Scriptures. Why didn't she know about the gift of God? Same way, same reason why we don't. We get distracted. We think other things. We, we go off in some other direction. We want to discover something else. We want to see what's inside a rock. We want to see what's up in the heavens. Instead of wanting to see something about life. And so, oh yeah, we'll, we'll look at life. We'll see if we can replicate it. But we can't. Because God holds life in His hands. He's the one, once we come to that conclusion, He's the one that gave us life. He, he gave us this gift. But then the next thing He gave us was Jesus. Did you know that all through the Old Testament, from the very beginning, Jesus has been there? Did you know that? Jesus was there with the Father before the world began. That's amazing, isn't it? In 1 Peter Chapter 1, verse 19, he said, we're not, we're, not, uh, we're not redeemed by the things like silver and gold, but by the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without spot and without blemish, who was foreordained before the foundation of the world. There he was, before the foundation of the world. Revelation 1, verse 8 says that, that he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the one who was and is and is to come. Amen. There he is. But you know, he was, he was before the world began. John chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. We are familiar with this one. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. Not anything made that was made without Him. So Jesus is the one who created everything. So He was here before the world began. So we're looking back. Here was the woman at the well of Samaria. And, and uh, Jesus is saying, if you'd known me. And so the question is, well, where have you been, Lord? Well, I was there before everything started. And in the Old Testament, you can see that. In Colossians 1 and verse 15, it says, He's the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. By Him were all things created that are in the heaven, in the earth, Visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by Him and for Him. He was there. So, when Adam and Eve were created, the text says this. I'm going to, I'm going to show you. The text says, God said, let us make man in our image. Our image. Both of us. All of us. All three of us. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus was with God before the world began. And He was with God at the creation. And He was the one that did the creating. Now, we can find Jesus all throughout the Old Testament Scriptures. Now, I don't mean just 
statements predicting him. But we can find him there. He's there. For one thing, in John 8 at verse 36, Jesus makes a statement that's very enlightening to me. He says that Abraham rejoiced to see my day and saw it. Abraham. He's the one that God made the promise to that he'd bless all nations. But Jesus said, Abraham rejoiced to see my day and saw it. Abraham saw Jesus. Wow. That's a long time ago. There he was. There he was with Abraham. Moses talked about him. In Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 15, and he's quoted, this is quoted for us by Stephen in Acts chapter 7, verse 37 and 38, when he says, A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you like me. So Moses saw him. Moses saw Jesus. And he said, This prophet's going to be just like me. And Stephen, of course, pointed to the fact, out the fact that, that that was Jesus. David. Now, I'm not talking about predictions of him coming. I'm talking about these individuals actually interacted with Jesus in the Old Testament. Way back when. David described something. In Psalms 110 at verse 1, David describes a conversation he's having with God about Jesus. He says, The Lord said unto my Lord, David relating what happened, the Lord said unto my Lord, David heard it, was present when it was going on, the Lord said unto my Lord, set thou here at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstools. And in Matthew chapter 22, verse 44 and 45, Jesus said, that was me. He said, that's me. So David interacted with Jesus. He saw him with God when God said, set at my right hand. And of course, one of the most outstanding examples in my mind happened during the time of Daniel. Now Daniel and his three young royal friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and somebody says it's, it's, it's pronounced Abednego. We always called it Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That's when we used to scoot the kids off the bed. <laughs> anyway, these were, the, these were the three. These were the three royal friends of David. Nebuchadnezzar erected for himself out of pure gold an obelisk or a monument, we should call it. And if you're thinking about what he, what he erected, he, this thing was 180 feet tall. 18 feet across. If you think about it, I'm, I'm thinking about the Washington Monument. Now that thing's 555 feet tall. But Nebuchadnezzar made one 180 feet out of gold and set it up on the plains, out on the plains. He said, every time you hear music, the, the, the uh, timbrel, the sackbut, and so forth, all, all the music, the harp, when you hear that, fall down worship me, because that represents me. And these three fellows, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, didn't do it. He said, if you don't do it, I'm going to throw you into the furnace of fire. Well, they didn't do it. And so he took his 
took these three men and he stoked the fire seven times hotter than it normally was. And the people that took these three fellows down to throw them in the fire perished by the heat from the furnace. They couldn't even get close to it. And yet Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did not burn up. And the text says they saw somebody there with them, walking with them. Who was it? Anybody know? Jesus. He says it was somebody like the Son of Man. Someone like the Son of Man. Daniel later on again saw Jesus. In Daniel chapter 7, he had had interpreted a dream that that, uh, Darius had had, or Belshazzar, I guess is his name. He he interpreted a dream that Belshazzar had, and in the dream, Belshazzar had seen a a great figure, uh, a great image of of, uh, gold and silver and, and then a fine clay and so forth, iron. Anyway, when he, when he saw that figure, then Daniel interpreted it for him of future things that were going to happen that would end up with Jesus coming to this earth during the time of the Roman Empire. But in the, in the context of that vision, here's what Daniel saw. Now, I'm not saying Daniel's talking about something that's going to happen later. Here's what Daniel saw. He saw Jesus in that dream. He said, I saw in the night, Daniel 7, 13, I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven and came to the, uh, to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. Now we know that that was Jesus. He came to the Ancient of Days. So what we're saying is that Jesus was seen during the Old Testament period. He was seen by different ones. And he interacted with them. And in, in an, an important scripture that sometimes we overlook is found in 1 Corinthians 10 at verse 4. In that scripture, it describes Jesus as the rock. He's the rock. But the scripture says, and they did all drink, talking about the children of Israel when they came out of Egyptian bondage and went through the wilderness. He said they did all drink the same spiritual drink for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. He was with them when they came out of the bondage of Egypt and through the desert. But it says, He was the rock. Now I want you to think about that. I'm going to read one other text along the same line in 1 Peter chapter 2 that talks about the rock because I think it's very important that, that we understand uh, to whom he's referring. In 1 Peter chapter 2, and at verse, beginning at verse 6, it says, It's contained in the Scripture. Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious. He that believes on him shall not be confounded. He's going to lay a stone. Unto you therefore which believe, he is precious, but unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner, a stone of stumbling, and a rock of offense. Even to them that stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. Jesus was the rock that followed the children of Israel in the wilderness. And here he's the stone that the builders disallowed. He's the rock upon which the church is built. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, 
Jesus said, after Peter said, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God, Jesus said, thou art blessed, Peter, for flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you. He said, but I say also unto you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. Upon what rock? Peter had just confessed that Jesus was the Christ. So what rock is he talking about that the church is built on? Certainly it was not built upon Peter. It wasn't built upon it was built upon that eternal rock, which is Jesus Christ. Okay. The Old Testament scriptures are permeated with the prophecies that talk about Jesus. And we can see them all through the Old Testament. And yet, this woman didn't see it. She didn't see him. Sometimes we don't see him. But we should see him if we want to drink of that water of life. But here, let me show you something. The people that see Jesus are identified in Luke chapter 10, verse 21, 22. Listen carefully. In that hour, Jesus rejoiced in spirit and said, I thank you, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth. You have hid these things from the wise and prudent, and you reveal them unto babes. Honest, sincere, unbiased, sweet, innocent babes. That's who you reveal them to. The high and the mighty, the intellectuals, the ones who think they rule over the universe, they can't see him. Who sees him? Children. Children see him. Young, innocent, unobstructed children see Jesus. And if we want to see him, Jesus said, you can't get into the kingdom except you become as a little child. As a little child. That's when we see him. And that's when we should see him. He said, all things are delivered to me of the Father. No man knows who the Son is but the Father and he that whom, to whom the Lord will reveal him. Who does he reveal him to? Children. Those who are innocent and sweet and kind and, and unbiased. Mark starts his record if we want to see Jesus today clearly. You know, that's why God sent the record, the Scriptures. He said, if you want to find me, I'll show you. Here's, here's how you find me. Read the Scriptures. That's what Paul said. The Scriptures identify. Jesus Himself said, search the Scriptures. In them you think you have eternal life, but they testify of me. And he, he told him, he said, if you believed Abraham, you would have believed me. Why? Because Abraham spoke of me. John 5, 44 and 45. Okay. Now, in order for me to know Jesus, now we've already talked about knowing God or finding out about God, and we can do that. We can find Him. You know, we can find Him without the Bible. We can find Him. We really can. If we search for Him, we have, have to be careful and it's a long, arduous journey, but we can find God. We can find evidences of God. We can know that God exists. But we can't know a whole lot about Him until we get the information that He has given us in His Word. 
And we can't know anything about Jesus because he was a mystery in the Old Testament. 1 Timothy chapter 3 at verse 15, I believe. He was the mystery before. Now then, we can know about him through the gospel because the gospel unfolds the story of Jesus. It unfolds it. John 16 at verse 12 through 15. Jesus knew it was going to be tough to find out about him. And so he said, I'm going to send you some help. You need some help. And I'm going to send you what is called the helper, the comforter, the one who, the paraclete, the one who stands beside you. Isn't it always interesting that it's good to have someone standing beside you to help you? Sure it is. So he said, I'm going to send somebody to stand with you. And that's the paraclete, the Holy Spirit. He said, uh, I have many things to say unto you. You can't bear them now. You don't understand them. Howbeit, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He'll guide you into all truth. He shall not speak of Himself, but He shall whatsoever He shall hear that shall He speak, and He'll show you things to come. He shall glorify Me. He shall receive of Mine and show it unto you. All things that the Father has are Mine, and therefore I said, He shall take of Mine and shall show it to you. Now Paul explained that to the church at Ephesus. He said uh, in Ephesians chapter 3 at verse 1, he says, If you've heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given unto me you to you, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote in four or few words. So he's saying, I got the mystery. I got it. Understand it. The mystery, of course, is Jesus. I got it. He says, Now I'm going to tell you. I'm going to write it to you. Which he did. And he said, whereby when you read, you can understand my knowledge of the mystery of Christ. In other ages, it wasn't known to the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto the holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. So, I want to find God. I read the Scriptures. He said, okay, I'll show you some. I'll give you information. He took a nation, children of Abraham, and he gave them the scriptures. And he said, go tell everybody about me. Scriptures. This, 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 these scriptures will be my teacher to bring people so they can understand another mystery, which is Jesus. So the woman at the well of Samaria, she, she didn't know the gift of God. Well, she, but she had the scriptures. That puzzles me. Why didn't she know the gift of God? Probably wasn't reading the scriptures like she should have been. Sometimes that's our fault, too, our problem. We don't read the Scriptures. No wonder we're lost. No wonder we bumble around not know where we're going. Read the Scriptures. Find out about God. He said, I gave you the Scriptures. There's a schoolmaster. Come on. And then he said, they testify of me. Jesus said, they talk about me. If you'd known him, if you'd, Jesus said, if you'd known me, the gift and me, the waters of eternal life. That's what you get. And it's the scriptures, it's the gospel of Jesus Christ that produces faith, generates faith. Without the scriptures, without the gospel of Jesus Christ, no faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Romans chapter 10 and verse 17. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 1 and 2 says that the Israelites, they, they didn't get it because they didn't mix faith in with the scriptures with what they heard. They should have mixed faith with the Scriptures and then they could have known the, the uh, gift of God. 
We are, as a people, we are neck deep in the barren sands of the wilderness. We don't know where we are. And until we're going we're gonna to die of thirst. We're, we're in a world that doesn't care about God. We're in a world that doesn't tell you about God. We're in a world that has nothing to say about God. We're in a world that doesn't care about morals, about ethics. We're, I would say it in a couple of different ways. I want to say it this way, though. We are in an arid country. We're an arid land looking for an oasis. We're looking for, we're, we're dehydrating, we're looking for water. The water of life. And Jesus told this woman the same thing that he would tell us today. If you had known the gift of God, I know that I'm alive because God gave me the gift of life. And if I know Jesus Christ, I can get a drink. I can get all I need. I can have all I need. I can slake my thirst. Blessed are those that hunger and thirst after righteousness. They shall be filled. Jesus Christ is the fountain of living water. If we know the gift of God, and if we know Jesus Christ, everlasting water, and it's the water of life.